Oh, oh, dude. All right. Super fast story. <laughs> when I proposed to my wife, I took her, we were in uh, San Diego at the time. And I took her to this really nice restaurant and I had this whole plan in my head. I specifically set the reservation for like an hour before sunset. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Uh, oh, and the, so the restaurant we went to is inside like this really big park yeah. and where the parking lot is to get to the restaurant you walk through like this beautiful garden, this amazing with like hedges everywhere and flowers and just the, the prettiest garden ever. So in my head, I'm like, okay, it'll take us an hour to eat and then we'll leave. And as we walk back through the garden, the sun will be setting and I'll propose to her there because everyone proposes at dinner. Right. Right. So I'm going to throw her off by not doing that. So as we're eating it, the whole process took a little bit longer than I expected. And there's a window right behind her and I'm looking outside and I can see the sun going down already. <laughs> We're like waiting on the check and stuff. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to get us out of there as fast as possible because, Oh man, I left out another important part of the story. So my plan for the actual proposal Mm-hmm. was to as we're walking through the garden the sun setting to suggest that we take a picture which is very suspicious i don't know why that would why i thought that would not be suspicious yeah. but to take a picture and then in the picture like selfie style i would have the ring and like put it on her shoulder so that she would see in the camera the ring yeah that's I'm like, solid. Okay, for this to work it can't be pitch black in the garden <laughs> so yeah. The sun setting behind her. I'm like, okay, we got to get out of here. Where's the check? And <laughs> I was so, I was so flustered that I think I said at dinner, I was like, man, when we go back, we should totally take a picture in that garden. Like really just playing up this whole picture thing. And she's like, what are you talking about? You never, you never suggest that we take pictures. So yeah, it was really obvious. She totally saw it coming, but it, it worked out. <laughs> I think you know, the, I think how the, that's just how it ends up though. Yeah. Right? You have a grand scheme and then whether it's a lot of sweating or whatever, <laughs> they're just like, you okay? Something's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I also so made the, nothing, the everything's fine and normal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything's totally cool, babe. Yeah. I also made the mistake before the trip telling her that on night one, I was going to plan something. And she said this, uh, she's a a hair colorist, right? Yeah. She was telling one of her clients this and her client apparently was immediately like, Oh, he's proposing the first night for sure. And she was like, you think so? And then from then on, she totally had it in the back of her head. Yeah. So yeah, it it was (laughs) semi successful. I mean, she said, yeah, yeah, that's the most important part. (laughs) Oh man. Good stuff. Should we do fitness related uh conversation? If we must. In audio and video format. Let's. <clears throat> we'll switch it up today. We'll do some fitness stuff. <laughs> we'll throw in some fitness just to throw people off. going on guys welcome back to the big freaking health coach podcast i'm big freaking neil 
And I'm joined, of course, as always, every week, except for the last two, because he's been in Hawaii, the bastard, <laughs> my business partner, buddy, Brain Twin, health coach Kane. What is up, big guy? Hey, so sorry I missed all that snow that was up here. Dude, we really with a, awful about it. We, we got hammered <laughs> with a lot of snow. We yeah. had like... I don't know, seven, eight inches in, in Monroe, but further South, apparently there was like a foot of snow. So that's what I heard. And like, uh, I live on top of a big hill now. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of my in-home clients that live on streets that straight up don't get plowed at yes. this point. So I was sitting there on a beach thinking, man, I wouldn't have been able to work much this week anyway. Yeah. What a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> horrible timing <laughs> just the worst timing yeah dude you literally uh you literally side swat side stepped just being canceled on for a week and instead went to hawaii <laughs> that was pretty good timing on your part yeah yeah the the fun part was i got to take my lifted truck out in the snow which was yeah. awesome but yeah, definitely still got canceled on quite a bit. So it's all good. It only stuck around for like two days this time though. That's good. So that's not bad. The last year and the year before it was like a week or two. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that was, that sucked, man. I mean, like it was fun for a day and then it was just like, okay, well now what? Like, yeah, yeah that's the thing. Doesn't deal with snow well. So everything just shut down. Yeah. That's the thing. Like one to three days of snow is the sweet spot. And more than that is, it's too much. It's too long. Did you hear what's going on in the, in the South right now with all the like, like Texas precedent. Yeah. Unprecedented cold and snow and yeah, Yeah, man, that is also rough. Uh, I know some folks who, who are from Texas and yeah. Like they've been checking on their families and stuff. Everybody's okay right now, but like it's been a, a whole thing. Yeah, it's crazy. I have a buddy, a good friend of mine who lives in Nashville, and he was telling me that they got snow too, and they've got like one snow plow in the whole city. Yeah. So even though they only got like three inches of snow, the whole city shut down. <laughs> They're like, we can't work. There's no possible way we can work. So <laughs> it's crazy, man. People in Canada are just screaming with laughter. (laughs) I know. They're like, please, come on. (laughs) Three inches, that's summer here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man, what are we going to talk about today, buddy? Um, So for obvious reasons, I didn't get any questions since the last time we we, uh, got on here. Uh, You got a few, but I I think what we decided to do here was to answer the questions we got, because that is our primary concern, is making sure you all have answers to your questions. Mm. And then we have thought up, um, what was it, eight? Eight, I believe, yes. Of the common questions we get that we do not like, (laughs) because they're either aiming at the wrong thing or impossible to actually answer. And uh, we'll we'll go over our reasoning behind not liking these questions as we go through them. But today is pretty much um, a baker's dozen questions and answers. Yeah, it's a, it's a really unfortunate number of questions. It kind of, it's kind of making me anxious a little bit, but we'll get through it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, are you sure we shouldn't come up with one more? Just one more. <laughs> just, just one. Just so it's not because you know this gets released on a Friday. Yeah. It'll be our Friday 13. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. So like okay. the, while driving, maybe. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So we'll start with the uh the questions we like. Yes. First off. What are the best non-deadlift movements to strengthen your lower back? What do you think, Health Coach Kane? You know, um, I'm a big fan of the hyperextension. Yeah. And I actually really like good mornings. I just think people do them very poorly a lot. Yeah, and like unnecessarily heavy. Yeah, like it's, it's not a deadlift with the bar on your back. Yeah. You know, it should be done for, for higher reps with tons of control and a, a slower tempo. Yeah. Um, but that loading scheme is actually perfectly good. Uh, it's just to put the weight on the end of that lever system with yeah. the fulcrum at your hips. So you have to be careful with it. But that's just like anything else in weightlifting. Like irresponsible loading is the real thing that causes injury, not any yeah. particular modality. So, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing footage of Arnold doing good mornings back in the day with like 135 on his back. Yeah. So if Mr. Olympia is using 135, you should probably just start with the bar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and see how that goes. 135 is probably relative to me doing like 95 pounds. Yeah. Like 65 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Like it's light. You're going to do two to four sets of 10 to 15 reps. Yeah. And it's, it's there as a supplementary exercise to, to hit a problem area. So don't treat it like it's your one rep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. I think too, uh, just doing good compound movements in a bent over position yeah. is very helpful. Just sort of isometrically strengthening your lower back. Um, like a, just a bent over barbell row, a standing bent over dumbbell row. Um, yeah, pretty much anything like that is going to help strengthen your lower back, just supporting your spine and maintaining that position throughout, especially if it's a fairly heavy compound movement. Um, yeah, I think that about comes uh, com like combination movements too, where like, let's say you can't add more time to your workout for some reason, but you're doing RDLs and a bent over row. Yeah. You can do one RDL per rep of bent over row and add yeah. tension to that least mechanically advantageous point of that movement and oh. get exactly what you're talking about with that static hinge. Yeah. And then straighten it out again, get your glute work and uh, combine a couple exercises that way and, yeah. and add some time to your tension. Totally. Uh, another one that I like is the, just a rack pull from maybe an inch, inch and a half below the knee. Yeah. That way it's high enough that you're not, uh, recruiting a, I mean, you're still going to, but you're not hammering your hammies and glutes as hard yeah. and you're able to really overload your back. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good, bigger, heavier compound movement that'll translate to your lower back for sure. Right. And with, with those, I, I typically suggest people, it's usually exactly what you said around a, an inch or two around the knee. Yeah. Um, but I, I tend to look at it from a 90 degrees at the hip kind of yeah so like i agree with that um, for people who have super long arms it's going to be lower on your shin for people with yeah. short arms and long femurs it might be above your knee but yeah 
um, sticking to that 90 degrees range of motion mm-hmm. and the actual hinging joint is, is exactly what Big Neil's talking about, that rack pull. That's a great point because if you have like super long arms, uh, pulling from the knee could be like a one inch range of motion for you. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's a really good point for sure. Okay. Next up, um, your thoughts on the debate on whether crunches are useless or not. What do you think? I'll never call something completely useless. Yeah. I mean, I think everything has, has a context in which it's really useful. Yeah. So like if, if you're going for aesthetics and you want more definition in your upper abs, mm-hmm. yeah, do, do some crunches. I think the problem comes in when you rely solely on crunches for your core training yeah. and you end up just smashing your tailbone and lumbar spine into the floor over and over and over and over yeah. and you're neglecting stability work for your core musculature. I, I think it's a context issue more than a specific exercise issue. I think so too. It depends a lot on what the rest of your uh, core regiment looks like. Um, I think there's a place for them for sure, especially coming from a bodybuilding background myself. Um, obviously the six pack on the surface of your core, uh, your rectus abdominis, is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, that's going to be worked pretty effectively with crunch type exercises. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's really popular right now to, in fitness to hate on exercises like that and just say, you want abs, then why are you doing crunches? You should be doing planks. And it's like, well, well, you should be doing planks, but if your goal is aesthetic, if your if your core goals are aesthetic, then crunches do have a place for sure. Yeah. I mean, and let's think about this really simply and rationally. There, there's a reason your body has two strips of muscles on the front of it specifically for flexion. Yeah like you wouldn't grow those over the course of time as a species if it wasn't useful for something. So like, um, yeah. And your abs are like any other muscle with a certain amount of volume, they will grow to a certain extent. So like if you want abs, but you don't want to have to be 5% body fat all year round, get bigger abs. Yeah. Like they're not going to blow up like delts or pecs, but like you can get better definition and thicker abdominals if you work them. Totally. And then when your body fat is, in the single digits, they will be very defined. Yeah. So like, that's how you get guys who like, they're like, Oh, I'm just genetically lucky. And it's like, they're 12% body fat. You can still kind of see abs. Yeah. And it's like, you just probably do a lot of flexion. Yeah. Exercises for your core. Our uh, mutual friend, Ty center comes to mind. Yeah. He's, who, he's got beefy abs, dude. Those things are impressive. in the off season. He'll pull his shirt up and it's like, what? the heck are those <laughs> and how are they like that right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay cool so in a nutshell we don't think they're useless uh they are part of a bigger picture when it comes to core training for sure yeah it shouldn't be the only thing that you do for your core uh, absolutely not. but they have a purpose for sure okay what are your guys' current favorite heavy set songs to blast? Well, we've been over this, and Health Coach Kane is secretly a psychopath. 
<laughs> who likes to meditate in silence while he works out. So uh, I like to brood. Thank you very much. <laughs> Makes me feel like Batman. <laughs> uh, that's great. Actually, full disclosure, uh, because I've been training with a training partner recently, I've been listening to music a lot less. What do you think? I mean, I like it. There's pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. I like, uh, sometimes during heavy sets, we'll say things to each other to motive, <laughs> motivate us to keep going. So that's helpful. And if I'm blasting music, I can't hear that. Um, but then sometimes I'm just like, no, I, I just need to listen to a, a heavy song for this set. <laughs> I think it really comes down to like mindset. Yeah. Like there's a certain place in your head that you have to go for certain intensities mm -hmm. that it's really difficult to achieve if you don't have some kind of stimulus like that. Yeah. Um, that's great. I'm a big fan of that. So to answer the question, probably Firework by Katy Perry. Uh, <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. So wait, this is really interesting, though. This brings up another point. Uh, so for you, for your heavy sets, if you're not listening to music, you still have to mentally get to that place. So what is there something specific that you think about that gets you there without music? Uh, whatever I was most recently angry about usually helps, okay. which nine times out of 10 is some asshole who cut me off in traffic. <laughs> that's, that's enough. Like I get pissed off enough in traffic that like I can, I can mine that. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see uh, that. I get particularly upset about people who don't signal because people what people who don't signal. Oh, it's yeah. the easiest thing to do and it's literally the only communication you can have with other cars so i don't know why you wouldn't do it <laughs> anywho anywho <laughs> but yeah like that kind of stuff um i don't know sometimes a little negative self-talk goes a long way like i'm Absolutely. not one of those guys who's like you need to be positive 100 percent of the time like yeah. self-frustration and rage and things like that and, oh yeah i think if you're going into a really heavy workout, like let's say you got to do like heavy fives on squats or deadlifts and you're just in like a chipper mood <laughs> and like there's, you have no stress in your life. Nothing is like kind of bothering you in the back of your head that I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you could do it without calling, calling on something like that. Yeah. So like, you know how like a five rep max should be like 85% of your one rep. Yeah. When you're in a chipper mood, that turns into 80% really quick. Yeah. Like there's a definite drop in output. Yeah. It's like I could add a 5% to this or I could just do this and then go home and continue being really happy with everything. <laughs> today will just be lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I definitely am a, a big believer in channeling some negativity for sure. Yeah. A lot of times now it, it, it'll change for me depending on what I'm training for and what I'm working on. But now, like since I'm, I'm going all in with this bodybuilding thing, I'll think about like, like the other people, <laughs> it's really stupid, but the people in the future that I'm going to compete with, uh, I need to do, I need to work harder than them. So I try to like, 
That's a very good that. movie. Like I've come across that same approach in a lot of different stuff. I mean, like when I was a musician, the other people, other musicians, teachers, mentors, things like that, uh, always say like, you need to practice. Like there's some kid on the other side of the world who's practicing 24 hours a day just to take your gig. Yeah. Like that's how you need to attack your skills. Like you need to take it very seriously. It's the same thing. Like if you're an athlete, guess what? You're not the only person who wants to be a pro athlete. That's literally one of the most common aspirations on earth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every other kid is trying to take your job. You need to yeah. get out there and work. You better be willing to put in some work for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, we kind of went off on a tangent on that one, but I like it. I like it. Should we move on to the crappy questions that we never want to hear again? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Speak on. Speaking of negativity. <laughs> Let's okay. With both feet. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, you want to just take turns, go back and forth on these? Yeah, sure. I'll start us off. What is the best exercise for blank? It's pretty. I common. hate this question, <laughs> and uh, it's it's not just us who gets it too. I think this is one of the most common questions that any trainer of any kind gets all the for time. Sure. Yeah. The, the overlying answer that all the rest of this talk is going to umbrella underneath is you should never do just one thing for anything. Yeah. All right. No, no one thing is going to magically fix whatever it is you're trying to fix. And the one thing, if it was possible for there to be one thing, it's not going to be the same thing for everybody. So that's a dumb question. Stop asking it. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Like, uh, like asking for to give a more specific example like what is the best exercise for triceps it's like well there's 20 different exercises that you can do for your triceps uh why are you working your triceps is it performance are you trying to bring up your bench press is it aesthetic are you trying to bring out a certain part of your tricep if so which head of the tricep are you trying to accentuate like there's so many different variables that it's impossible to just say yeah the best exercise for triceps is this yeah and like actually great example earlier in this podcast of how to ask that question better yeah. Was the very first question about what are some other good exercises for working your low back besides the deadlift? It gives yeah. a little bit more context. It opens things up to a broad range of answers based on that context. Yes. And like that, that's the right way to ask that question. Yeah. So, that's, that's like the more, uh, the less dumb, <laughs> more educated way to ask that. Yeah. Sure. Like that person wants help, not a shortcut, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. What's next? All right. Uh, oh, here's my favorite of all time, probably. Let's hear it. Are we doing this workout again? <laughs> Didn't we just do that on Friday? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is a uh, that is a very common one and uh, very hated <laughs> universally. Yeah. Uh, the answer to that question is yes. And we'll, we'll probably do it again next week too. Um, because progression requires repetition. Now we may have covered that before. 
once or twice. Like, yeah, at least every other episode. <laughs> but actually, I have a really good story about that. So I have a, okay. a client that I train. She's about 70. And okay. before all you young bucks listening go, oh, it doesn't apply to me. That's exactly opposite of the point I'm about to make. All right. This does 100% apply to you because regardless of your age or your goals or whatever, there are principles that go into changing your body that do not change based on your goals or your age. Yeah. Right. So this lady has been doing the exact same workout two to three days a week for 10 months. It has been working freaking phenomenally. All right. It's the same thing. She does a bilateral squat movement. She does a bilateral hinge movement. She does a row and she does a bilateral push. Yeah. And about two months ago, we added in one specific exercise for shoulder health and a direct core training exercise. And she does three or four sets of 15 to 20 reps on these things at a light load. And she has gotten ridiculously stronger and her work capacity has quadrupled. Yeah. And it's been freaking amazing. But like these things take time. And the, the underlying principle there is exactly what you said, Neil. Like adaptations require repetition. Yeah. If you are younger, the number of repetitions it will take may be fewer. Yeah. But you still have to do them till they stop working. Mm -hmm. Like if I teach you to deadlift today and then we deadlift again next week and you're like, okay, what's next? Same thing, man. Like you <laughs> same thing, hopefully a little heavier in a couple right. of weeks. Like you haven't maxed out what you're able to improve just by doing this, even with the same load and reps yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't show your whole hand until you have to like make adaptations one at a time and you'll continue yes. to make progress longer. Yes. Even on the super advanced end of the spectrum, like I, for example, I will, I will swap in and out exercises week to week on certain things, mm -hmm. but the movements are identical. Yeah. Like on a, uh, let's say on a, on a back workout. Okay. I will always have some type of heavy mid row, whether it's barbell row, T-bar row, chest supported, plate loaded row, but that, that movement and angle is always there. I'll always have some type of pull down. I'll always have some type of low row and I'll always have some type of upper back, uh, like posterior delt rhomboid trap exercise. Yeah. Every single workout. That's the same. The specific movements will sometimes change just based on feel and what, uh, what's going to give me the most bang for my buck on any given session. Mm -hmm. Cause you know how it is. Like you'll, when you're at an advanced level of lifting, sometimes you'll go in and your lower back is just really tight from something you did a few days before. Yeah. So if your lower back's really tight, you might not do a heavy bent over barbell row. You might do a chest supported row, but the actual movement pattern is exactly the same. Yep. The, the muscles worked are identical or even little like uh, switches like, okay, this neutral grip seated row has yeah. been feeling really, really good. And then one day it's a little harder to feel it. Yeah. And like, it's harder to feel it. Maybe you switch to the palms down and you feel that a little better. 
Yeah. Maybe you do palms up and you feel a little bit like however you need to feel the muscle that you're trying to work the best is yes. a perfectly fine variation to do day to day. Yes. But you got to hit those traps and rhomboids every single time. Yes. Yeah. It's not like I'm doing all pull downs and high rows one week and all mid rows and low rows the next week. That's not how it works. No. It has to be consistent week to week. That, that becomes even more true when you get into like athletic endeavors. So like if I have a baseball player who's in season, you have so much baseball activity and so much needed recovery time that you only get probably two workouts a week. Yeah. There are a couple of exercises that lend themselves best to athletic performance in baseball. Guess what you're doing two days a week all season. Yeah probably the exact same thing because the goal is to keep you functional and strong the entire time. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point too. Like what of your clientele, what is the average frequency? How many days a week are they working out on average? Uh, on average across the board twice a week. Same. So twice, maybe three. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're, if you're working out twice a week, you, you really got to keep it simple to, to cover all your bases at that point, yeah. because twice a week, if you're doing something different, <laughs> every workout, it's going to be really easy to, to miss things. Yeah. Sure. And if, if you don't repeat anything ever, you make zero progress anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like no matter how difficult or tiring it may feel, mm -hmm. the actual training effect is still nothing. Right. Exactly. So that's an important distinction to make. That's why we hate that question so much. Yes. Because yeah, you're going to do this workout till it stops working and then we'll make the appropriate progression. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Here's another doozy. Can we do more cardio and or rest less? For starters, rest periods correlate with intensities and rep ranges for a reason. Mm. The, the amount of rest that you would need in between those sets so that you can complete them again with proper form at the same intensity and the same load is constant. Like yeah. it's a consistent thing. Um, yeah. They're chosen for a reason. We don't just like have you rest until the conversation dries up and then have you do another set of something. <laughs> right. Um, so as far as that's concerned, if you're there to strength train, your rest periods are actually important. Yeah. Uh, another music reference back in the day, they used to say, you know, you have to play the rests too mm. because it's not empty space. It's intentionally empty space. And it's the yeah. same thing with your workout. You have to do the rest reps as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Kind of. It's the difference between like, let's say you're doing deadlifts. Mm. Uh, What's a good five rep weight on the deadlift for you, health coach Kane? Let's say you're doing a three by five. I don't know. It's probably around 350 right now. Okay. So you could do five reps to 350, mm -hmm. take the appropriate amount of rest. I'm assuming like three minutes for a five rep set. Yeah. So rest for three minutes, hit another five reps with 350 feel great rest again do it again or you could rush that do your one set of 350 by five rest for one minute and get maybe one rep on set two yeah or so like that, one and two more that are really compromised form with a high injury <laughs> risk 
Right. So it's like, people don't realize it's not laziness resting the full three minutes. You're not getting a better workout by not doing that. Right. The total work you're going to get done over the course of those three sets is going to be exponentially greater if you actually recover enough to lift that same load again. Mm -hmm. So absolutely true. And as far as the, can we do more cardio thing? Um, I don't know, as, as a trainer, I feel bad charging someone for me to make them do cardio. Yeah. You know, like if you want to do a metabolic finisher or you want to add some, some circuit training stuff to the tail end of your workout, that's fine. I mean, we yeah. can make it a little more cardiovascularly challenging, yeah. but I'm not going to program something for your strength training day that keeps you from resting for an hour. Yes. That's just irresponsible and it doesn't do what you think it will. And it really cheapens the quality of your strength training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And cardio is really the one thing that clients can just do in their own time. Yeah. You don't right. need, you don't need your handheld while you're on a treadmill. Um, you, you definitely are part of our job is advising the appropriate amount of cardio and prescribing right. the right, uh, fitting that into the correct context of the rest of their program. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you don't want to waste your time and money uh, just getting more cardio thrown at you. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen trainers in the gym who stop their session 10 or 15 minutes early and say, all right, now we're doing cardio for the rest. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So if you warmed up, let's say it takes five, maybe 10 minutes, you just worked out for like 20 minutes, 25 and now you're putting this person on a treadmill for the rest of it. Yeah. Like you couldn't think of a better way to spend their money and time <laughs> to have them walk. Yeah. Which they could easily do anyway at the end of your session. Yes. Like, all right, that's it for today. We did 45 minutes of really solid stuff after our warm up, And now you have to go walk for 10 minutes before you go home. <laughs> right. And again, to reiterate the point we just made, uh, if the session, if you're having to cut the session that short, or if you feel the need to, then either they're not doing enough strength training wise, or they're just not resting enough. Yeah. Cause if they busted through nine exercises in 20 minutes, they're, they're not resting enough to optimally utilize those nine exercises. So absolutely. Boom. What's next health coach Kane? Let me see here. My phone went dark. Oh. Um, oh God, this one. What supplement will burn the most fat? I also get that in what food burns the most fat. Uh, and that's tied closely to what supplement builds the most muscle. Yeah. Well, none. <laughs> really? That's not what does it. <laughs> it's not what does it. Uh, by definition, supplements are things that can supplement your, uh, the context of the rest of your nutrition and your training, but there's no supplement that actually burns fat nope. and there's no supplement that's going to actively build muscle tissue in the absence of, uh, a slight calorie surplus hitting your protein goal, all the other things that need to be in place for that to happen. Yep. So yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really all there's to it. That's all I got. Seriously. It, like I have 
nothing to add to that. <laughs> yeah. And, and in terms of food, there's no food that's doing that either. I mean, I mean, there's not a food that specifically burns fat. That's right. just not how your body works. Like you're not going to eat like a pepper versus a cucumber <laughs> and one is going to burn more fat. Right. Exactly. You, uh, food has a thermogenic effect, especially protein, but it's not, you still need to be in a calorie deficit. It's not like you can way overeat on protein. And then just as a result of that, lose fat. <laughs> that's not gonna, that's not how it works. Personally, I totally blame Dr. Oz for having to fight that battle with yeah. his BS green tea extract will help you lose 60 pounds this week. And yeah. What other raspberry ketones or cream, like whatever that was like, it's all God, man. Guys. I remember way back in the day when I, when I had my first fitness industry job at the supplement store, <laughs> uh, we all hated Dr. Oz because his show would be on. And then like a week later, like clockwork, people would come in and ask for the late, whatever latest thing he's endorsing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was so annoying. It's stupid. It's really stupid. I don't like that. Very stupid. Okay. Um, why am I not making more progress, Alex? Why aren't you doing your job, man? Well, let's talk about how long it's been, your level of compliance, <laughs> if and what adjustments we've made to your programming, and what your ex expectation of your progress is and where that came from. Yeah. All those things create what you think should be happening. And you have to actually, as a client, and I do have to do this myself about myself. Yeah. Like you have to analyze where your expectations come from. Because really at the end of the day, as long as you're not where you want to be, you're going to be frustrated. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm working on getting my bench press back up. It's been moving along really well, actually, but it's not where I want it. So I'm like, oh, why isn't this going faster? I've only put like 50 more pounds on the bar this month. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which like, is crazy good. <laughs> yeah. If you have an arbitrary expectation, you need to look at that and be like, okay, where did I get this expectation? Where did these numbers come from? Where did this goal come from? And then you can move backwards from there and be like, okay, well, so I've been doing this for three weeks. If I work out twice a week, that's six workouts. I've done this six times. Is that enough to expect a sizable chunk of progress? Right. Probably not because it's six times. Yeah. Out of 21 yeah. days. <laughs> it's people make this mistake a lot and it's like they make the mistake of thinking that they're entitled to a certain amount of results when they haven't actually done, they haven't actually spent enough time to get any results. Yeah. This will, I actually hear this the other end of the spectrum too, where sometimes clients will say, I'll work with them for like a week. And they're like, man, I'm, I'm starting to see my shoulders come out. And I'm like, no, you're not, <laughs> no, you will for sure. But not yet. Like you're, there's a, there's a certain level of placebo where you start doing something and you think you're seeing fast results, but really it hasn't been enough time. And then you stop seeing those things because the excitement of the program wears off. And then you go, I'm not making any progress now, yeah. but the total, your total training career has only been three weeks altogether. Yeah. You're not well, plateaued. Isn't that crazy though? Cause the other piece of that is like you see this progress that didn't happen because you're excited and people see what they want to see. 
but they remember it as though that did happen. Yeah. Right. And then, so when they're not making progress now, they're like, I don't know what changed. Yeah. I was making such great progress and now nothing's happening. Right. Like, no, you have been doing the small incremental little tiny bit that we talked about. Yes. And your level of excitement to fatigue has changed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Basically in a nutshell, and we've, we've made this point a lot as well is this stuff just all takes a lot of time. And what I tell people when they're frustrated is just zero in on the daily checklist, because if you're checking all of your boxes, then you can rest easy that you're, that you are going to make progress at that point. It's just time. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Absolutely true. What you got? What's the next one here? Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) How much do you lift on this exercise? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get that one a lot. I believe that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, uh, in your case, tell me about that. Do you feel like answering that question sets up a positive or negative expectation from your client for their own ability? I think it's a good question. I think it, it varies client to client, but the reason I personally don't like that question is, yeah, I think it sets a weird arbitrary expectation for them in a arbitrary context for their own progress where they think like, man, like Neil's, uh, deadlifting 600 pounds and I'm deadlifting 135. So what, what am I doing wrong? But really it's, again, it's the time that it took me to get there. Yeah. Um, and I'll always explain, if I do get that question, I'll always explain the context to them, but it's still not a great question because what, what we are doing as trainers and as coaches is not super relevant to our clients because it's all relative. Like, and it's all just numbers and out of context, it doesn't really mean anything to them. Like the fact that I can deadlift 600 pounds out of context does nothing to improve their training program in any way, you know? So, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, when clients ask me that, um, obviously I'm a lot more normal looking than you are. You are obviously gigantic and ripped <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm a lot more normal looking. So I think people use that question as more of a barometer of where they're sitting right now when they ask me that question versus you. Okay. And that's still something where I don't want to tell them, yeah. you know, cause like, all right, it, it doesn't matter. First of all, let's say there's someone who's just like me and they have all the same capabilities and should lift roughly the same. Well, yeah. what if this is an exercise that they're just better at? Yeah. You know, like there, there's some people, or even if you go like someone who has a slightly different build, but overall they're a relatively equal age and uh, level of athleticism, but like for whatever reason, their skeleton's built where they can just rip weight off the floor. Yeah. And I'm not built as well for that. Well, that's going to cause a huge difference. Yeah. Like that's, that's one of those things where people ask me what I squat all the time. I don't squat anything worth writing home about. I'm not a good squatter. Mm. Like it just does not feel great. Yeah. It's it's something, the technique's there. I work on it. It's okay. Um, But I don't have any expectations of being a world-class squatter ever in my life. Some people are built to just 
crush squats. So when oh, they yeah. asked me, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know for how many, okay, probably like 300 pounds. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, man, you're good at squat. Like I'm trainers aren't superhuman. Like, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter what we lift. Right. And especially if it comes to really specialized things, stuff that we suck at, mm-hmm. like don't base where you are off of where your trainer is. Yeah. Like yeah. nine times out of 10, you're not putting in nearly as much time as your trainer is to actually achieving that goal anyway, because you have all the other priorities in your life that matter to you. And that's fine. Right. Yeah. When you leave the gym, you're going to your job, wherever that may be. And you're completely forgetting about the gym for eight hours and your trainer's still at the gym. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, obviously a much bigger part of our day-to-day lives. Yeah. So yeah. We get to be on our feet all day while you're sitting like that by itself keeps us free of a bunch of mobility issues that you probably have. Yeah, true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. I think that answers that. Mm-hmm. Health coach Kane, why don't you work out with me? You mean during that session you paid me to pay attention to you for <laughs> that one? Do you, do you want me focusing on what you're doing or my next set? Yeah. <laughs> it's also just such a weird question because I can't imagine hiring a coach and then expecting them to work out with me. I don't know. It's just strange. Yeah. I mean, in, strange like, I'm sure we both get that one pretty regularly. Do you work out with your clients? Like, yeah. Why don't you work out at the same time? It's like, cause I'm supposed to watch every joint in your body simultaneously <laughs> hard enough without lifting heavy things at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, do they expect, cause you know, we're, we're busy trainers. We probably see on average, uh, six to nine people per day Yep. when we're training people in person. Um, we're not going to work out nine times a day. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But Neil Peloton instructors do several classes a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. I think that's part of what sets the weird expectation mm-hmm. is they mistake a, having a coach for having like a workout instructor. Yeah. Two very vastly different things. Vastly different. There's a reason why a lot of uh, classes at gyms are free with your yeah. membership. <laughs> there's, there's a reason for that. You're not getting the uh, set to set attention of a coach you're getting just a just a class to be a part so i've definitely told clients in the past like because it's a completely different form of exercise yeah it's like those instructors do work out with the class but it's not customized to you and that's fine but that also means that they have to do rep ranges and exercises that are pretty low intensity a lot of those classes are cardio driven even the ones that call themselves strength classes yeah they're about getting your heart rate up so that the instructors can actually recover and do two or three <laughs> classes a day. Yeah. But like what we're doing, it would be impossible for you to do more than once a day effectively. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the, the context of what they need to do, like if you're a good coach, what you need to do in the gym should be completely different than what your client needs to do in the gym. Unless you're literally working with your clone. Yeah. Like no two workout programs should be identical, especially not coach to client. Yeah. Makes no sense. 
that's like, I don't think we included this one, but like, uh, when clients ask, why am I doing this? Yeah. Now let's be real. Most of the time we've already explained why they're doing that, mm-hmm. but they're in the middle of a workout. So I'm not surprised if it goes right over their head and they don't hear it. Um, but like, because it's what you need, <laughs> Yeah. Like, this is something that addresses a weakness or, or helps with a basic movement pattern that you use in everyday life or it helps you meet the goal that you told me about. And yeah, like, I don't want to change your exercises. Like, yeah, I'll do it for a client, but they have to throw a pretty big stink yes. before I'll just change an exercise because they don't like it. I agree. Yeah. The only, the only exception to that, if it's, if it's a, like a, if it's a slightly more advanced client and for some reason they're just not feeling one variation as much as another, then I will let them okay, sometimes take the lead on that. Um, yeah. more often though, I'll just try to cue them to get them to feel it better before, <laughs> before I change anything. So exactly. Exactly. Oh man. One more, right? I think so. What you got? got oh, I don't, I don't have one more on my list. Do you have one more on your list? I have one more on my list. I will Tell close me. this out. If X is my goal, how long will it take? <laughs> oh, that's a good one too. This is a good one to finish with. Um, how would we know? Like, just, yeah. and I'm assuming I all, almost always get this question from new clients. Yes. It's like their assessment workout. Yeah. Very first time I've ever met them. And they're like, Hey, my goal is to lose X number of pounds usually. And how long do you think that'll take? Well, I don't, I don't know. Like we just found out you move. Okay. But I don't know what your real strength work capacity is. I don't know what your recovery rate is. I don't know how you're eating. I don't know like where this fits into your life priority wise and how much time you can commit to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know about the rest of your lifestyle and what things might help or impede progress there. Like on top of that, you have genetic factors. Like some people just move faster or slower than others. Yeah. So there's really no way to tell. We have like some averages that we can work off of, but Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm even reluctant to tell people those things yeah. without a heavy disclaimer that you need to be compliant a minimum of 90% of the time if these averages are going to hold close to true. What I usually throw at people that usually shuts it down is I'll tell people, okay, on average, for most people, the upper genetic limit, if you're doing everything perfect for fat loss is 0.5 to 0.75% per week. Yeah. And that's your max. If you are on the ball hundred percent of the time. And that sounds like such a small number that, that that's usually pretty effective at sort of setting their expectation, bringing them back down to earth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we can kind of set a timeline based off of that. Yeah. So. I'm- I tell people on average, if you're doing everything right, 90% of the time, mm-hmm. you can lose a pound of fat a week. Yeah. And they go, but I had a friend who blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, well, there's a lot of reasons that could be true, but they could also be exaggerating because people like to do that when they tell people how well they're doing. Yeah. So <laughs> take everything you hear with a grain of salt and remember if they start out more overweight than you, they're going to lose weight faster at the onset. Yeah. 
like, and that's going to change throughout too. So it's actually going to change on a sliding scale, how quickly you're making progress anyway. So three months from now, my prediction based off of almost nothing is going to have to change anyway. Yeah. So it's one of those things. I mean, and really at the end of the day, what I try to instill in clients is not to be focused on the outcome. Mm -hmm. Once they've set that goal, we work the same way. I think in this, it becomes all about the habits that go into that. Yes. And making them part of how you operate as a person. Yeah. Like if you want to be 10% body fat, okay. What does a person who's 10% body fat do on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to have to eat healthy for 90% of your meals and you're going to have to work out three or four days a week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how you accomplish these things. They just need to get done because that's what people who have that result do. Yeah. Really, that's a huge part of our initial job with a new client is they take their big shoot for the stars goal and put it in our hands. And we take that goal and we go, okay, here's the five things that you need to do every single day (laughs) so that months from now you can reach this goal. That's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And that's also one of the benefits to having a coach is not having to worry about that in timeline. Cause that's our job. Mm-hmm. Your job is just to do the daily tasks that we throw at you. Yeah. So execute, cool, man. execute and we add the habits as you need them. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So if anyone ever asks us any of these eight questions again, uh, we're going to be very upset. Yeah. And this is now just a little like frequently asked question thing that we will refer everyone to from now <laughs> till the end of time. <laughs> just title this episode, like, <laughs> like dumbest fitness questions ever. And then we could just send it to people <laughs> with no explanation. If they ask us an annoying question. I love it. I love it. Love <laughs> All right, man. I think that was a pretty solid little, uh, little episode that, um, will hopefully help some people avoid some common, uh, stupid questions in the future. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, help people set reasonable expectations and figure out why those are the expectations they set. Um, anyway, that was a great return episode for me. I really appreciate that, man. That was great. Heck yeah, dude. Um, this has been, Big Freaking Health Coach podcast. That's Big Freaking Neil. I am Health Coach Kane. And you guys can find us on Instagram at those handles. And if you have questions for our next Q&A, please send them in. We love answering them. Obviously, there are eight now that are completely off limits. But (laughs) we're very excited for all the other questions. (laughs) Yes. So thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, If you learned something today, please share it with a couple friends. Give us a five-star review. And uh, tune in next week for more exciting fitness fun. See you then, guys. 